0: So, welcome to another episode of the Impro Pod Podcast. Today I'm talking to Misha. What's your second name?
1: So, uh, you can call me for the sake of artistry and, and aliases. I can be Mickey Moorefingers. <laughs> How did you get that name? Mickey was my name since maybe three years old. I was born in Israel and my name was Micha with a very guttural ch. And in Australia, people can't say that. So my parents just made it easy for me and named me Mickey. The More Fingers, that came later. But from scratching records and tinkering with more than just records and keys and studio equipment and being fast and other weird innuendos you can relate to fingers, More Fingers was the name. And the other options weren't any better. So I thought that was cool. And I was into drum and bass and this kind of music and it just felt like the name. So that's what stuck.
0: So could you introduce yourself a bit? So you're a music producer, you?
1: Yeah, many fingers in many pies. So I, as a kid, I was a rapper in high school. I rapped and released a CD and moved from rapping to DJing. And eventually I moved to London and I learned how to produce and how to create beats and sample and do these kinds of things. And while I was still DJing on radio in England, I met a lot of rappers and wanted to record everybody that I ever met and organize some sessions and went back to Australia and produced with another friend of mine, an engineer. So I'd learn just by doing. And now I write songs, I produce music, I make art, I create animations, I manage a rapper from australia so i just do things that always centered around music and and creativity i currently live in stockholm but not for much longer we're planning to return to oz in uh december
0: so i'm going to play a piece of music um and i want you to tell me what that makes you think of any kind of thoughts emotions ideas they can be as abstract as you like or incredibly specific anything really okay here we go So what did you think of
1: that? Well, just for context, my wife's grandmother passed away last night at two in the morning and she was 94 or about to turn 94. And her sister is here staying with us and we saw her recently because it was very close to the end. Yeah, so it's quite emotional around the household at the moment. So when I heard this piece of music, it was impossible not to think about her and this sort of vision of her very frail but beautiful old woman being carried away and being lifted up by little fairies with their wings and lifting her away safely. It was a vision of crossing over, really. It's all I could think about, and the music just brought that out, and I haven't had the chance yet to process this event.
0: Was there any particular aspect of the music that, brought you into that
1: space. As you started to play and I get comfortable in just listening and being able to allow myself to hear the music. And then it was a movement walking upwards that allowed me to see this fluttering of the wings and the lifting. And then at the end, that last boom, the last low note was the door closing, a little bit of closure on that story.
0: It's interesting how, especially this first piece that I played to people, there's often this theme of ascension as in ascending to something. I don't know if Yusuf... I, ha- I
1: know Yusuf, I'm looking forward to listening to that one, yeah.
0: Yeah, so his he came up with this glass staircase idea and the fact that he was going up this glass staircase that's delicate but this sense of going into another space or uh, going upwards. And a couple of other people have also
1: said this. Is it the same piece of music or is it not? It's always improvised.
0: Yeah, so it's different every time. Do you
1: feel that you ascend in these pieces or does it just, it doesn't? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm thinking about is is often quite
0: minimal when I'm playing it.
1: Yeah. And for me, I also feel I'm able to listen to music objectively without detail and just, again, capture that essence that it's a feeling. And and it can be, it's my own mood or, or moment in time that will define whether it's Really uplifting, or quite sad, and that piece could actually be both—the sadness of, of death and the beauty of a safe journey away. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's both.
0: So, are you are for telling me
1: a story, something that happened to you, or it can be anything really. This week, all I've been doing is been writing a proposal for some funding. And I work closely with with homeless youth and create music and workshops. and one character in particular, Owen, he lived with us when my wife was pregnant with my firstborn Samuel. and this guy was in and out of jail, hard life on the streets at the age of eleven, and he fell in love with rap music and I met him doing a workshop. Part of being a human, I think, is you want to help people. I really learned the idea of helping one person can help many. And over the 15 years I've known Owen, I've been working together closely with him and he's just grown and grown as as an artist, as a rapper. He's very dedicated to his craft. And yeah, this week I've been building this proposal because I'm gonna create workshops. And the beauty of the story is that the reason I'm returning to Australia is through him and an opportunity with an organization we've been funded to build an enormous art and culture centre in Australia where we'll be able to help people living with any kind of trauma. There'll be spaces dedicated to creative workshops, art, therapy. It's all for people who have been homeless, who have been abused, who have gone through addiction. And this is now a step towards my future and his future as well. I was doing workshops for a long time, teaching scratching records and the art of rapping, things like this. I set up a a small company that would go into youth centres, and Owen in particular lived in a a crisis centre or a, a, a youth refuge, so they'd have a few beds available. And I went in there to take my records and show these people a bit of hip hop and whatever. And he struck me as someone who seemed very dedicated and. He was learning how to edit videos using the facilities they had there. And he just seemed very keen and asked me to be his DJ for a show. And I said, sure. And from that point, he asked me again, and I did it again. And it was very rusty with his raps, but I was very encouraging. And yeah, we just continued to be in touch. And I just wanted to help a guy who I could see so much passion so much fire in him to share not just his story but his artistry he's just kept going he has not stopped and he's then in turn kept me accountable and inspired because i see him working so hard and so dedicated to getting to where he wants to go i'm i gotta keep up we're very much a partnership now and it's not like a mentor thing we share our vision together now it's great
0: yeah so what i tend to do is break the story down into points into cue points if you like can you tell me a bit about what it was like in this youth centre? as an atmosphere.
1: Yeah. So the youth centre itself is in cool neighbourhood. It used to be a rough part of town, but not really. It's full of trendy cafes and all that kind of thing. And the refuge itself is on a corner. It feels a little bit like a, a miniature prison. It's like your old sort of estate housing-style corner um, balcony, two levels. Um, the front entrance is a large... Um, car park graded fence and security entrance only. And when you walk past, the kids are always out the front. They're asking for a dollar. They're being cheeky. They're smoking. They're doing what they do. There's always kids around that area. But meanwhile, there's business women and men walking by. It's very nice cars. Everything's very fancy. And when you walk in, you're expected to see a fight. You're expected to hear screaming. There's people coming off their drugs. There's police cars are always pulling up nearby because you know something's just gone down yeah there's a tense atmosphere from time to time in other times it's this oasis which is what it was called and it was this very caring environment run by quite old people and a few young volunteers back then and yeah it's it's a place that heals people but the people from the outside looking in it looks like a very rough environment you might not want to walk through
0: and then you talk a bit about his process of transformation then what did he go through with this guy to get out of this sort of mindset
1: it's not just a few weeks rehabilitation and they they should be fine it's continued he lived with me and my wife and we're a very kind loving couple and i don't think he had ever seen that before back then they have to see love to know that it exists and it's possible he didn't have a dad he's mum was doing what she was doing so these people at the oasis place they just would keep giving him love and the transformation came with giving him some independence offering him a job to clean the garden little things one by one and the transformation would just slowly take shape because he had this passion to do his music and his art and his videos and i think he saw that if he didn't do those things he would be dead or in jail So he made that choice. He had to make that choice. While others were going back to jail, he chose not to. And that's what it takes.
0: All right. I'm going to probably condense quite a lot of that in musical terms. It'd be probably setting the scene of this place, which is rather than the edge. And let's try and give it a kind of hip hop vibe. And then this process of transformation It's quite difficult, actually, that.
1: It feels like it's at the ending point. It's almost coming to the end.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Did you feel like that reflected his journey in any way?
1: Yeah. It felt like there was this cool little off-time piece, and that's when the the craziness was happening at the refuge and all the fights and the muddle and the huddle and the bubble was all moving along, and that was where he came out and the ascension or the, the move away from that was... Yeah, that was happening and when you finished i felt like there was still a journey to go which is great
0: was there anything that you missed
1: the only thing with especially with hip-hop is space and is to pull back and to do like bomb bomb, bomb that real ability of changing the movement and the pacing to put it into a new space <laughs>
0: Are you up for telling me another story of some kind, something that's of
1: contrast? I grew up in a a Jewish kind of home and, you know, I was sent to a social group on a weekend, which was also based on sort of Jewish identity and things like this. There's a group or a section called the Chabadniks, the ultra religious Jewish ones. They go to New York or to Israel and they study all the pages of the Torah and they know it all. And I certainly don't. There's 613 commandments that are supposed to be followed. And the rules are silly. You can't turn the light on and off on a Friday. So you have to get someone else to do it. So there are people who get the neighbor, hey, it's Friday, can you turn the light on for me? It doesn't make sense. So in one of these youth groups that I was at, there was a boy, Andre, funny guy. We used to play a lot. I was already going into hip hop and he was more into hallucinogenic kind of techno. And he was always talking about fractals. But anyway... I went away. I lived in London for years, eight eight years. And then I came back to Australia. And one of the things with people who go to the Chabad house and this thing, it's, it feels like they're always trying to recruit you. My instinct is to run. When I see one of these black and white suits coming towards me, I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going the opposite direction. And I hadn't seen Andre for years. And then I'm in Bondi in Sydney, and there he is walking towards me. And I, my instinct is to Start walking faster because I see he's wearing the hat. He's like, Mickey, hey, what's up? What are you doing Friday? I knew it. I knew it. He was straight in there with the question. And he asked me to join a band. He's friends with these guys, a piano player, incredible jazz pianist, plays Latin, and a violinist. Also, child prodigy, incredible musicians. He invited me to a jam. He needed someone with beats and to scratch some records. And he had all these records he bought in New York when he was studying. And all the records were readings from the Torah, children's education, all very Jewish and, you know, um, enlightening the young minds. But also cantorial music and uh, the rabbis chanting and these beautifully deep um, spiritual songs and melodies called nigunim, or the nigun is the melody. And I would just get a record, play a, a beat from a vinyl, I'd play two turntables And then the other two guys, the violinist and the keys player, would be able to jam along. And I played a nigoon. And then they would continue. And we could improvise. And we would record these improvise sessions. And I'd go back a week later, we'd do it again. And we became a band. And we started to do shows. And we started to build those jams into songs. And I would bring my laptop and record and start to learn how to use Ableton and it was a learning process. And for 10, 12 years, we made songs together. And the lesson there is don't run away from someone who's calling your name. <laughs> and I'm very in love with this music and the band is called The Asthmatics. The violinist was really passionate about was Klezmer, which is Eastern European Jewish influenced music, and Gypsy Swing. He plays with Lulo Reinhardt in Germany from the Reinhardt family, Django and that gang. So he's part of that crew, and his crowd, when he performs his solo shows or his his band shows, his crowd is often 80-plus-year-old women who just feel that he can pull the heartstrings so well he's just got that talent incredible violinist daniel weltlinger his name is it was the idea of bringing these old yiddish melodies back from 100 200 years ago and not letting this language die not letting these melodies and music die and that was the concept behind the asthmatics was to keep that alive so give it the hip-hop bent was my way of bringing it to now but that's just natural for me to do that
0: do so you have a particularly Jewish scale, then, you this.
1: Yeah, there's a Semitic scale. There is one. Um, D flat, A flat, B flat, and four white keys, C, E, F, G.
0: Cool. Yes, this is quite an interesting sound. I might try and use that a bit. Okay, All right. So what I was going for there is this initial sense of unease, you know, see this guy come towards you across the street and then <laughs> experimenting with this idea of creating this new genre of music, which is using this weird scale with the kind of hip hop idea and going in a more positive direction, <laughs> which is quite a
1: hard thing to do. And when we would perform, there'd be samples thrown in from vinyls that just didn't make sense but somehow... That was the idea. It was a mash. It was always a mystery what, what might happen and very improvised as well with Asparagus. He would just put the needle down anywhere on a record and there'd be just something would happen and often it would work <laughs> by magic. Did that music do anything for you that I just played? Towards the end? Yeah, it really did. It, it really hit a spot that was familiar. Um, and of course, when you discovered the scale, yep, there it is. It's more one-handed. The bass can be quite minimal and it's just those melodies can be quite eerie as well it's just something magical about that little scale that gives you a feeling it places you in Eastern Europe or it places you in that
0: yeah so you can you could have like fifths use a lot of fifths in the bass
1: yes exactly great I think
0: we'll wrap up there so what did you get out of this podcast
1: I got a free concert that was cool it was a bit of therapy for me just to get today's events out. We've worked together on some music in the past, so it's lovely to connect. And musically, I've been in family summer mode for five months, so I'm desperate to jump back in and reconnect to music like this. What are you working on at the moment? Um, Right now, I'm finishing a video animation for this rap song for Owen. I've got another song, that's very close to the end with kj do you remember her she was from atlanta and i've added a girl from western australia Shaka, onto the song with some beautiful harmonies so
0: you you collaborate a lot remotely
1: yeah completely remotely i am a remote human i don't connect with many i don't have many people here in, in sweden i'm doing my dad life and go and do some yoga and play music in my own make art like that's what i'm about Thanks very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's an honor.
0: Join us next week for another episode of Pod. Thanks for listening.